And so I just stopped. I put my arms on her shoulders and I said, we're going at home. We're going to do your taxes. End of story. Get in the car. I call it my prayer. It is simple and clear. It wants me to give and receive love. I call in the light to make everything right. And show me the way to just be loved. And show me the way to just be loved. Hello, this is Maya Diamond. Welcome to Rewire Your Attachment Style. I am here today with G.S. Youngblood, and we are going to be talking about his book that is really amazing. And I'm so excited to have this conversation today because there's really not that many books out there for men about how to be a, an amazing man and how to be a man in relationship. And this book is called, um, the masculine in relationship a blueprint for inspiring the trust, lust, and devotion of a strong woman. So this topic is, you know, so important to both women and men um, because so many times I think things can go awry, as we know, in romantic relationships. And so this book is really talking about the male role. And really, again, there's not that many books or people who are talking about that as much as there should be, in my opinion. So um, it's really exciting to be here today with you, GS. Please um, welcome. Yes, thank you, Maya. Thank you for having me on. I've been excited for this conversation since we scheduled it a few weeks ago. Awesome, wonderful. So yeah, I'd love to do a little intro before we go into the first question. So um, GS coaches men in relationship how to live, love, and lead from their masculine core. He's been a student and creator in the field of men's work and authentic relating for 12 years. Through this lens of masculine leadership, he also pulls in principles from a variety of fields, psychology, martial arts, tango, meditation, and BDSM. All of his writings are filtered through the laboratory of his clients, real world, and his own real-world long-term relationships, including the successes and spectacular failures <laughs> to see what actually works and what doesn't. And um, in his past life, GS was a high-tech executive in sales and marketing for 16 years, and three of the companies he was with were acquired, including one in which he founded. So he's got both the kind of background in tech as well as the background in relationships. Very exciting. And you can learn more at gsyoungblood.com. So I would love to just start because I know we're going to be talking a lot about the masculine. And so I'd love to talk, ask you, in your opinion, what does the masculine mean? What does that mean? And what does feminine mean? Mm. Well, the, the whole point of the book was to really give men a model of masculine energy that they could embody in their life. So my answer to the first part of that question is really the three-part blueprint from the book. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we could talk philosophically about what it means, but I like to talk practically. Like, what does it look like? The average guy mm -hmm. really wants to be told, tell me what to do, you know, show me, model this for me. So, you know, to me, masculine energy is the three-part blueprint, respond versus react being the first part of that. You know, that's the quality of a man who uh, he's choosing how he responds to the world around him, to the people around him, to the circumstances around him, rather than having his actions be just reactions to everything that the world brings him. And Maya, you know this, you, you, you've met men, they're just, they're a little bit more high strung and they're reacting to everything. Yeah. And probably to your feminine parts does not feel that great. Yeah. So it's that quality of being grounded and settled. So that's part one. Yeah. And then two, part of the second part of masculine energy for me is you're creating structure, structure and direction. And that doesn't mean being in charge. That doesn't mean necessarily telling others what to do. It's creating structure while taking into account the needs, the preferences, the wants, and the well-being of everybody around him. Mm -hmm. So that's part two. And then the third part is creating safety. 
for those around you, whether it's your feminine partner or anybody in your life that you care about. So you're creating physical, financial, and emotional safety. And for me, that's core to the masculine role. And of course, that changes as, as gender roles change over time. And, and females are picking up some of that in, in, in life in terms of financial security, for instance. Um, but that is still part of the masculine role. So it's those three qualities for me of what the, the, the masculine looks like. Um, answering your second question, this is a hard one, and I tried not to go into it in the book because I don't consider myself the authority on you know, what is the feminine. I can tell you what it means for me. It's, it's, a, it's and we're just, again, we're talking about feminine energy. We're not talking about females. So mm-hmm. I want to make that distinction clear. Yeah. No, it's a receptivity. It is uh, a softness. It is an attunement to the connection between us. And is there a flow of love? Um, that's a big one. Um, you know, I had to learn over time to really trust that part with my feminine partner. So if she's like questioning me on, hey, like, what's going on for you? You know, are you, are you okay? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm okay. I started to learn to trust that she was sensing a closure in me that was maybe preventing the connection between the two of us. So that attunement to the connection is a big part of the feminine energy. And then finally, there's sort of the radiance, you know, that's, again, this is just for me, but, Mm -hmm. you know, a woman with a big laugh and a great smile and just that radiance for me is feminine energy. And it's what I find to be incredibly attractive. Beautiful. So, yeah, and I just want to say for everyone listening that, you know, we all have masculine and feminine energy, whatever gender you are, whatever body you are inhabiting. So um, that's just really important right off the gate. And at the same time, um, you know, just like any book, there's a niche that this book is written for, and it is written for male-bodied folks to really understand their role in relationship. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. It's it, This is such a risky book to write these days, and um, uh, and I did it anyway, uh, because I really believe in... in um, in, in the audience that I was writing to, it's a man that chooses to be in his masculine who's with a woman that chooses to be in her feminine. And that, of course, doesn't mean they don't flip-flop as, as a dance, but as a, as a, yeah, as their natural state, it's two people that choose that. Quite frankly, you could be a, a, a gay man and still do all the principles in the book. You just, adapt to your, the book. Yeah. Yeah, you just adapt it to your relationship. Or you could be two women or a man and a woman who choose to flip. I just, I don't write to all the pronouns. I, I leave it to the, to the reader to translate that. But mm-hmm. the principles are universal, but it is written towards uh, the, the roles that, I, that you and I both said. Beautiful. Thank you. And so, yeah, what does a strong masculine core look like? What does that look like in a relationship to you? Well, I, so I think it, the answer is almost the same as what I gave before of what you know, the masculine looks like. But we could break down each of those and talk about what that actually looks like in relationship. Yeah, uh, let's go into the second one. So the first one, respond versus react. Yeah. So we went into a little bit, so maybe we could go into the yeah. second one now. Okay, so the second one is provide structure. And um, the simplest example that I know all your listeners will understand is, you know, your, your beautiful feminine lover comes to you and says, hey, what do you want to do tonight? And you say, I don't know, what do you want to do? <laughs> and you just, you just, you left it wide open. Um, and the alternative to that, it, for me, is you can either I mean, you can make a decision about what you two were doing tonight, but I like to think of it as you come, you narrow the uncertainty. So bring something to the table and you, and you say, you know what, babe, I've actually got these two places in mind. I'm not sure which one I want to go to, but here they are. You know, which of these two would you like to do? And in the, the, the book, I give about 20 permutations of that. So what you're doing is either you're setting direction, making a decision, bringing decisiveness when that's what's called for, yeah. Or you're simply narrow the uncertainty, bring some options to the table, and then you have a discussion incorporating yeah. her needs. Um, yeah. This can get mistaken by some guys. It's like, oh, yeah, I need to be in charge and tell my woman what to do. And I mean, in this modern world, women are making more decisions than men are at times. And so, you know, there is no anointed position for any man to be the one in charge. So this is about really incorporating her needs into a decision making process. Um, 
Yeah. And I'll just, I just want to, beautiful, because I just wanted to say one thing, which is, um, I just can't, for all the men listening who are single, I just can't say how much, how powerful this, well, relationship and single men, but I just want to shout out to the single men, which is when you're dating to be able to give the woman these multiple options for the date. It's not like you're just, you know, planning the date without her, her opinion, you're getting her desires and her, you know, opinions. But if you lay out like three options for the date, then she feels like a you're leading and you have structure and you know how to make a plan, but also you actually care about if she's going to be happy, if she's going to be comfortable, all of these things. And it just, you know, it's so amazing to watch the women I work with just feel so relaxed and taken care of when that simple action is done. It's so simple and it goes so far. So I just wanted to give an example in the dating world of how this shows up so frequently. Whereas, or a man could say like, Oh, I don't really have any ideas. Yeah. Like, where do you want to go? Right. (laughs) And so it just feels really, that feels really like a whole, you know, like the woman's heart just sinks when, when that happens. And so it's, this is such a simple thing, but it goes so far. It's yeah. amazing. And then also in relationship, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. And we can, we can even make this a little edgier because, because sometimes in relationship after, you know, your female yeah. partner more, sometimes she loves it when you says, baby, put on that red dress. You know, I like, I'm taking you out. I'll let, I'll let you know when we're on the way. hundred percent. Yeah, I can, and it's not always just fun and games. I remember um, an anecdote from a couple of years ago where we went out for a hike and the woman I was with, I knew that she had to get her taxes done when we got home. And so we made that promise that I would help her with that. Mm-hmm. So we went on a hike in the morning. We were done with that. We were starting to drive back and she's like, oh, let's go get a glass of wine. And of course I was tempted. I like to drink. Uh, and, but I said, no, we promised ourselves we'd go. And she's, and then she's kept pressing me and then started to get irritable with me. And, um, and so I just stopped, I put my arms on her shoulders and I said, we're going at home. We're going to do your taxes. End of story. Get in the car. And she just kind of stared at me for a second and got in the car. (laughs) And then later she thanked me for, um, keeping her on track and not, and not falling to temptation. But that's the kind of, of structure and direction that is sometimes needed. So most of the time you need to incorporate a lot of polarity, right? So it creates that hot energy that all couples want to feel. Yep. So it's like by, by you totally coming into your masculine leadership and like calling the shots, not every day, not every second, but in that moment, you know, that there was probably something in her that was like, whoa, yeah, I can, that means I might be able to surrender to this guy later on at night. Right. So it's like, it's so it's this, that, can you speak to, can you explain polarity? Um, to me, it's as simple as, um, I'm putting myself in the female persona or the the feminine pole. Uh If he doesn't have this handled, then I have to. And now, now my nervous system is up and now I got to get shit done mm. and then I'll switch it now over to the masculine pole. When she's in that state and I'm just speaking for myself, she's not nearly as much fun. I don't enjoy it nearly yeah. as much. When she's not, also in the masculine. Yeah. And, it, it, and we're talking about in our intimate time, you know, yeah. so in our intimate time together, yeah, she's not as fun to be in that. So man, this is easy. If you want her to soften and go into a more playful state and, and all those qualities that I assume you like just like I do. Right. Just have things handled because then she can say, oh, I don't have to. You yeah, know, and then she, she relax. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And be so, happy. And- yeah, men, it's all in your hands. And, you know, today's woman is a strong woman. That's why I had the subtitle of the book called that. Um, yeah. It's, we're talking about most women these days. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, let's, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the, the, the subtitle's a little bit tongue-in-cheek because it is an acknowledgement that pretty much all women these days are strong women. Yeah. So all you have to do is handle things and she is going to relax in most cases, you know, barring, yeah. barring other factors, of course. Yeah, and that's, I'm going to, there's something, a quote that I just was totally taken by mm. that you said, mm-hmm. um, 
which is her behavior is explained by one maxim, which I've derived from something I learned from David Data. 90% of the crazy comes from your woman not feeling loved and led. Mm -hmm. So I just totally agree with this. And I, you know, work with men and women all day long, more women than men. And so I see that. I see this every day, right? And so I would love for you to expand on this for our listeners because women, I think, I, a, I want to say a couple of things, which is one, men have been conditioned, especially men over the age of 35, to believe that emotions, you know, are something that maybe are a little crazy. Maybe wild emotions are a little, you know, uh-huh. and maybe they sometimes, a lot of times men can label emotional women as crazy. Yes. And really they're having emotions about very good things, very important things in my opinion. And so, um, so yeah. And then the other piece is right. Like, yeah. How are men relating to their own emotions? But first of all, I want to just expand and share about the meaning of this quote because it's really, really powerful. Yeah, look, this is for the guys. I want you to know one thing that um, despite the fact that your woman is capable, confident, and out doing shit in the world, she's got a really vulnerable inside. She's got a really vulnerable little girl inside her that gets scared. And if she's really in love with you or just, you know, deeply cares for you, she's scared because that the connection in the moment is severed for her, the connection with you, you know, you men. And that's where these chaotic emotions come from. That's where the, the, I'm doing the air quotes for people who are just listening to the audio. That's where the air quotes, the crazy comes from. She's scared and she feels the break in connection between the two of you. And that hurts her feminine heart. So of course she's going to act, you know, again, quote unquote, a little crazy. Imagine this is, this is how I do it. Uh, when, you know, anybody that I'm in a, in a relationship with, if, if this kind of situation comes up, I just imagine my daughter being upset and crying and having emotion. You know, would I withdraw from her? Would I shut down to it? Would I blame her? Like, no, I would not do that. Yeah. Um, and right. Yeah. So that's what I try to bring to my adult feminine partners is um, it's an openness and it's an empathy. Now I, I say that I don't do it perfectly. So we, presence, right? we all struggle. Yeah, you have to maintain your presence. And I think that goes back to element one is you're responding versus reacting. So when she, when she goes live, <laughs> you know, you have, to, you have to survive that first moment where you're normally going to get your fl- fuses blown out. Pause and stay present. And then in chapter, I think it's chapter 14. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Then I go into how to respond. So the number one thing that I talk about is empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, versus anything else number one have empathy yeah and um it doesn't matter if she's right or wrong in the moment like it it, you got to stop being connect uh hooked by whether she's right or wrong and stop listening to the words per se but just really understand that the feeling is real Mm. now Mm. what i well i'll pause for that so good yeah Yeah. (laughs) just like it's so huge because you know, human, whether man, woman, child, you know, whatever gender they are, when one has that feeling of empathy, love, Mm -hmm. compassion, support, when someone's in a feeling, a strong feeling state, and the other person is empathic towards that feeling, then the feeling relaxes. It's Mm -hmm. just so simple. And so exactly when a woman is having these strong emotional states, especially when maybe 95% of the time she's not like that. Right. Right. Then it's a time when, just like you say, for the man to really ground and be there and be witness and be empathic so that she can feel loved and, you know, she can feel loved and heard and seen. Yep. And then what happens is then she'll actually calm down. Whereas the opposite happens if you, you know, if you're defensive or withdrawn and shut down, walk away, you know, just like, don't, you know, look at your phone, look at your computer, all those things like that's just going to escalate the emotion. Yeah. Or escalate the feeling of not feeling heard and seen and loved in that. Right. Moment. 
Yeah, well, Maya, I have, I have so much to say on this topic. Beautiful. I, it, this is the, what we're talking about now, we could spend hours on, and yeah. men could learn this for you know, years on end, and it, would, and it would continue to benefit them. So you may remember a quote in the book that I say, uh, when you're dealing with your emotional woman, feelings first, facts later. Mm. And part of the problem is we, we guys, we just get hooked on the facts. And huh? the, one of the most insidious ways that we can respond to you is with defensiveness. And I, I like to describe defensiveness as I'm going to meet your emotion with more information to try to change the facts in your mind. So therefore you won't be so emotional. And it's just, I mean, as I say it, it sounds crazy, but we all do it. I do it. You know, I, I wish I didn't, but I still do. And you just can't, this is what I want your listeners, your male listeners to remember. Right. You can't meet emotion with information. It doesn't work. Okay. So as tempting as it is, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Now, remember what I said, feelings first, facts later. You'll get your chance. When everything's calmed down, you can go back and be like, well, baby, I just, you know, there's just one thing I want to correct here. <laughs> but don't do that at first. So feelings first, facts later. Yeah. Um, so brilliant. The, the other piece of this, and I've, I've actually just come in, in, in touch with this recently, watching one of my buddies deal with his, his woman when she was emotional. Mm -hmm. But, you know, guys will say, okay, I'm going to go full David Data and I'm going to be a mountain, okay? And you're going to be doing your, your thing and I'm just right. going to be a rock. Right. And that's actually can be really maddening. I mean, it's better than you fluttering around and getting defensive and going nuts when she is. But if, you, if your duck's too much of a mountain, she's going to be like, it's going to be like a knife in her heart because she can't feel it. And exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. And so one of the techniques I've learned is mountain. Yeah. I, st I, I'm still, I'm still have them the foundation of the mountain, mm -hmm. but I try to actually raise my energy up right up to hers a little bit in terms of validation. Like, Oh my God, yes, you were, I mean, you are totally right. I mean, or whatever the, the talk track is. I kind of like, she's up here, you know, at a very elevated state. I try to come up a little bit in energy and meet her and yes. give her validation at that level. Yes. And I found that immediately set, allows her to settle because she feels met right where she is and exactly. validated in that place. Exactly. And so for everyone listening, you know, coming back to the name of this podcast, Rewire Your Attachment Style. So we're talking about all these masculine feminine dynamics and et cetera, et cetera. And this completely relates to having a secure available relationship. So when a man is, in my opinion, a secure man is able to be in his heart and also be grounded and also be trustworthy and also be consistent and also be reliable and also <laughs> be loving. And so when a man can, this is a secure trait to be able to do what we're talking about, which is being that calm person while the emotional energy is coming at you, as well as being able to empathize in that moment, because then there's emotional availability. Mm -hmm. And without that empathy, there's a lack of emotional availability. And so that attunement and that empathy is how, again, one feels seen, heard, and loved in a very deep way. And that's actually what we're wired for. We're deeply wired for this kind of relating. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. Awesome. Awesome. You know, Maya, I'll add one thing. And, and um, despite our, our, us, you know, we men's best intention, sometimes we won't be capable of, of like full empathy. And so, you know, yeah. in, in chapter 14, I give a few other options. You know, humor is a great one. Yes. Uh, you got to use it judiciously, but you can bring in humor and you can really break kind of a, maybe a bad cycle using humor. So I go into that in the book. Um, but another one is because I find myself in situations sometimes where I actually, I, I just, I'm like, I cannot understand how she's feeling this way. I mean, I just genuinely can't. So to give empathy can actually come off as very disingenuous. Hmm. And so then that's where I've usually gotten in trouble because if I'm not feeling it, I, I'm either giving fake empathy or no empathy. Hmm. So then we, then you pull out the tool curiosity. And that's where you, you know, you're like, okay, but you know what? I actually don't understand, but what I'm, I guess what I'm hearing you say is when I, da, 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 and you really just try to understand more. And I found that can actually work if, if you're doing it sincerely. Um, and just owning like, yeah, I'm kind of baffled by this. You have to own that. Um, so curiosity is another one. 
Yeah. And then you could go to boundaries. I think at some point, you know, men, you don't have to, you know, sometimes your woman and, and Maya just, you know, stop me if I go off the rails here, but yeah. sometimes, sometimes your woman can go a little overboard. Like she's just caught in her neurosis and kind of like, kind of likes it there. And you you can set a boundary and that boundary could look like, look, I can't do this right now. I'm going to walk. I'm going to get some tea. Yep. I'm going to be, I'm going to be back in five minutes. Definitely. And giving her that endpoint, like setting a boundary and then walking away is like torture to her, but saying, I need to stop. I will be back in X minutes, puts a container around it. That's structure that then she can hold on to and, and feel a little safer in. Beautiful. So yeah, that's, those are some techniques. Yeah, that's huge. I think either partner, you know, at any time they, that a boundary is needed, it's yeah recommended because when we don't have our boundaries in place, then we, yeah, can get run over, which doesn't feel good. So I, I definitely love that you just said that because again, that's another secure trait, which is, um, you know, not actually, because of course, you know, something could, could go off the rails and become abusive, right? Either way. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we make, you know, have our boundaries intact with our partners because, you know, sometimes the brain can just exactly not have that filter and then keep going. And maybe it's like, no, I can't hear this anymore. This is not working for me. I'm going to walk and I'll be back in 10 minutes. It's not contributing to the greater love between the two of us. We're just, you know, flagellating ourselves. Yeah. And then time, you know, when we have that space, we can calm down. And so a lot of times people just do need that space to calm down and come back to their, to their uh, prefrontal cortex. So, um, so now that we talked about women's emotions, I want to talk about men. So yeah, there's been this strong conditioning for men around not sharing their emotions for mm-hmm. so long. Mm-hmm. And I really do feel like that is one of the cutting edges right now in terms of men's work is being able, in terms of men's lives and men mm-hmm. in relationships, being able yeah. to share their feelings, being A, being able to connect with their feelings and B, being able to express those feelings in relationship. Yep. And so, um, yeah, and it can be really hard for a man to express his feelings in relationships. So I'm yep. curious, what do you believe about what's important in terms of a man expressing his feelings in a relationship? How can, how can a man do this? And um, yeah, in a way that that is healthy for both him and the relationship. Yeah, the, so the, the two toughest ones for men in, in my worldview are shame and anger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fear and sadness, I think, are, you know, right behind that. But let's talk about shame and anger. You know, so shame is just like, I'm hurt, you know, whatever happened or whatever you said or whatever the world did somehow has punctured my self-image and myself and I'm, and I'm hurt, you know. And um, the, the, I'll keep this one succinct. The number one thing about, about hurt is to express it without... Uh, needing the other person to do anything different so that you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, there's a very palpable difference between a man that says, yeah, what you said really hurt me, you know, versus, you know, that's so hurtful. How could you say that? You know, there's sort of a whiny quality and then there's either an, an uh, uh, overt or covert need for the other person to then do something to make me feel better. Because if I need you to make me feel better, that's not a man in a strong mask, <clears throat> in a strong, <coughs> sorry, Maya. Okay. <coughs> Over a cough. Yeah, I've been battling this cold for a while. Um, yeah, a man that needs his woman to do something to make him feel better is not a strong man, and she's going to feel like mommy. But wouldn't you say, this is where I would have to say, like, wouldn't you say at some point, Sometimes it's really totally great for a man to break down and cry and get that nourishment from his woman and that that's totally healthy and a good thing in relationship as well to basically for a man to feel like he can, whether it's crying or whether it's just sharing like, wow, I'm really having a hard time and like receiving that emotional support sometimes can be also really healthy. 
Uh, there's nothing wrong with, uh, with receiving or wanting emotional support. It's when you need it and demand it that I think it becomes the problem. You, that's the more of an energy of a needy man. Do you see that distinction? Yeah, oh, yeah. I would disagree. This is where I, from my perspective, from an attachment perspective, I would say it's totally fine for the man to sometimes need emotional support from his partner, that there's nothing wrong with that. But I do agree that it's going to put in that moment right? He is probably going to be more in the feminine. She's going to be more in the masculine holding, but that there's nothing wrong with that. And that that's actually really good for both people to feel like they can get emotional support from each other. But I agree that that, you know, just shifts the, the dynamic there. Yeah. It's, we we may be splitting hairs, but I I think I understand where you're going. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's you know, you're, I think you're describing a bit of a breakdown scenario where it's like the guy's just like, I'm just, I'm shattered, you know, and I'm just letting it all out. And I think that's fine. I think that I have a scenario in my head that is more than the man just surrendering to his own emotions, but he's, he's kind of blaming her for how he feels right. and right. therefore implicitly de- or explicitly demanding like you need to do something different. So I think that's, yeah, that's a little bit of a different scenario. Yeah. You're saying. Yeah. Where, yeah. It's yeah. Okay. I yeah. Got because, it. because what you're talking about it, you're just talking about a man that's just, you know, for instance, is just broken down into tears and he's just letting it all out. And that's beautiful. That, that really is beautiful. Yeah. That's um, surrendered. And he's just, yeah. Feeling held by the woman. And yeah, and he's feeling the sadness move, move through him. I don't know, you know, how many men you've watched cry, but like I just as a man who has cried, so I've experienced my different yeah, and ways. You've been in a lot of men's work groups. Yeah, and there's sort of a there's a kinked up way, you can, you know, where you're sobbing and right. kind of choking on yourself, and yeah. you're kind of fighting it. Versus a man who's just like he's grounded into the floor and he's just letting the pain move through him and he's allowing it to happen and he's. You know, he doesn't need the world to change, but, you know, it sucks right now. And, you know, I can, I can empathize with that. That's the state I'm in right now, you know, because of the circumstances I shared with you before yeah. we started. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's that, there is a really, in my view, this masculine way a man can just let the sadness move through him and let him be held by his woman mm-hmm. um, with no blame, no demand, um, nothing, just the, the pure emotion um, flowing through him and being allowed to flow freely through him. Yeah. And I, I mean, something else that I want to, that I love about the book is that I think even a woman can get a lot out of it. Like, for example, the respond versus react. <laughs> <laughs> that also is a very important trait for a woman to have in a relationship. Hallelujah. Right? So, you know, and actually, I would love, to me, that's so, so important. And one of the ways that we can have a healthy relationship is when we respond versus react, mm-hmm. when we share our vulnerable feelings versus exactly project, blame, demand, defend, criticize, all mm-hmm. these things, right? To me, that's actually one of the most powerful things is just being able to share our vulnerable feelings, whatever they are, exactly, with no need for the other person to... Um, well, you might have a need around it, actually, which I think is also fine. Um, but but to really own that that feeling yourself, right? And really be able to express it. And exactly, especially for women to be able to do that is the interesting thing that I've noticed is that I think that even women have been conditioned to not share their vulnerable feelings in mm-hmm. relationship. You know, right. it's like, even though we do talk about our feelings with our friends and da, 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 it's like a lot of women are just, you know, going throughout the day, working really hard, yeah. having to make all these decisions, managing, supervising, et cetera, et cetera. And so, yeah, we're not breaking down and sharing our feelings all day long. That's not something we're practicing a lot of the time. Right. And so to be able to respond and share vulnerably is so powerful. And so I'm curious, um, what's one exercise um, that is from the book or not that helps a man or a woman, but especially a man be able to develop this skill of responding versus reacting? Mm-hmm. The, the answer I have is, is so, so simple. It won't even be interesting to anybody because everyone will say, duh, 
um, the number one thing a man can do to, um, to be more responsive rather than reactive is have a daily breathing practice. Mm, nice. And I know that seems a bit second or third order, but it is, you know, if you, if you want to lift heavier boxes out in the garage, go to the gym every day. Right. And if you want to stay more grounded with your woman, do a breathing practice every day. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's in the class of a whole set of embodiment exercises that I talk about some, but you can go to lots of people's resources that have embodiment exercises. Um, you know, breathing, movement, martial arts, these are all things, and I, I know you know this because of the line of work you're in, um, mm. but these embodiment exercises are things that, that obviously they take you out of your head and into your body. And my, my view on this, which I talk about in the book, is just... The, the, you, your attention can only go on one thing. So it either goes on into all the stories that fly through your head right. or, or it moves down to your body, whether it's your breathing or, you know, the martial arts work you do. You can only go to one of those two things. So give it something physical to focus on. And then you come, you come out of your stories. And when you're, you know, it's those stories that make you so reactive because when you do something, I put a story about of meaning on that, which may or may not actually match reality. Yeah. So the more you can become embodied, the more responsive rather than reactive you'll become. So that's the number one thing that I would recommend to your men. I have, I have a bunch of things I would recommend, but a daily breathing yeah. practice is the, is the easiest one to access. Fantastic. So yeah, it's, yeah, that's so huge. When, when, when one becomes triggered to be able to come back into the body and, you know, connect with the body to, yeah. which and if that pathway is already well worn through the breathing exercise, through meditation, through qigong, whatever it is, right. that helps you, you know, feel more relaxed. Yeah. Then, um, yeah. Then in the moment when you're triggered, it can, you know, be even stronger. Right. Whatever we focus on becomes stronger. Um, hey, Maya. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go even bigger on that point? Yes, would love to. This, this is an important point because it's the fulcrum around which everything we're talking about. So it, it, there's, a, there's a big vision here that I, that I want to share. And the reason I, I'm bringing it up and I want to share it is because I want to do a little self-confessional here that um, this is the process that I'm in right now in my stage of development. And I've been doing this men's work for a pretty long time. Yeah. And um, it's about being in your heart. And... You know, look, we all think we know what that means, and then we, none of us actually know what it means, I mean, us men, that is, not the women. And, but I can tell you guys uh, with a lot of sincerity that the number one thing you can do that is most, uh, has the broadest, deepest, most lasting bulletproof impact is to learn how to live in your heart. Mm. And that doesn't mean reading poetry to your woman. That's not what we're talking about here. It's, it's something that is so much deeper that allows you to, you know, flow through love rather than fear, uh, withdrawal, defensiveness, and things like that. And I, I have to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm in a deep process with my teacher about how to be in my, my heart. And I think <clears throat> my last relationship uh, that recently ended yeah, there, there, there was a lot of causes on both sides, but I know that uh, had I had the, the depth of heart that I, I feel like I'm in a process of developing right now, that we might have a chance to see through some of the tough times better than we had. And so, man, there's no way that we could, we could cover it here in this podcast. Um, I just touch on it in the book, but I'm, I'm going so much beyond that. Um, there's so much more to be learned there, but I, I can say that's the number one thing that any man can do to, um, to weather the storms of relationship and, and turmoil within the interaction uh, with a very feminine woman. Yeah, I love that. It's so powerful because that's so, you know, for women to have, to feel that they, to really feel their man's heart and to really feel their man's love. Mm -hmm is so nourishing and so satiating and so fulfilling. And so I think when that, that, I guess, yeah, I always say the Holy grail for women is the masculine edge, which, you know, leading 
boundaries. Um, yeah, being able to make a plan, also being connected to me, masculine edge is also connected to your dark side. Mm -hmm. So having that, Ooh, let's talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> having that masculine edge combined with, yeah, that like heart centered ground, grounded heart mm -hmm. being grounded and in your heart, you know, that is the Holy grail. That's what all women want. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's that, that powerful combo that's so attractive and, um, yeah, I'd love to, since I did bring it up, let's go into the connected to the dark side. Cause I mm -hmm. think that's also something that's not talked about enough in our society. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of edgy really, because it's, you know, men, especially in this day and age are supposed to be politically correct and all these things, right? Yeah. How does yeah. that affect the bedroom? Yeah. Yeah. Men don't ever admit to wanting to spank your, your girlfriend. Right. Or like, right, whatever, you know, fantasies yeah, they have that might be dark, whether yeah. they're violent or sexual or whatever. Right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's good to live in San Francisco because there's a lot of resources here. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is something I've had the pleasure to go into in terms of developing more of the dark energies um, because of all the resources that are available here in the Bay Area. And, you know, men are either, you know, we're nice guys or we're assholes. Right. Right. And, and so... The problem is both of those get really old really fast yeah. to, to most women. And I see you nodding your head. So and what I've come to realize is that sustainable. Yeah, yeah it, we all want the mix. That's the thing. Like it, it, it applies in both genders. Like I want a woman who's got the angelic side and the sweet, and then I want her to be naughty. You know, I need both of those to stay interested. And with, with one or the other, I'm, I'll be, you know, tempted for a while, but it does not sustain. And so the same is true for, for us men is, we, you know, I have to be able to love you and care for you as my little sweet kitten. You're my little flower and I will protect you. Mm -hmm. And in the bedroom, I need to be able to grab the back of your hair and pull your head back slowly and say, you love me only, right, baby? You know, or some, you know, whatever it is, but it is. Mm -hmm. that little bit of a dominant energy that, um, you know, doesn't play in the outside world, but in your, in your private intimate life is a, is an amazing energy to most women. So, Man, I do a lot of this dark side work with uh, with some of my clients. Um, awesome. And it's uh, it's it's a game changer. It is a game changer for your relationship if you can really uh, develop that. And um, trying to think what else I would say about that. You have to, you have to learn how to dominate with a heart. It's it's such a funny combination, and that's the art of it. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard enough to learn how to develop yourself to be in your heart. It's hard enough to develop a dominant energy right. that you can turn on, but to meld the two is really really hard. Yeah. And yeah. guys, if you if you want to be uniquely attractive to a lot of women or or your woman, if you're in a relationship, then that's the art. You know, go to that go to that world class level, being able to meld those two, yeah, um, and you'll be uniquely attractive to to women. Yep, hundred percent. And so, yeah, how can a man lead in the bedroom? Like, what what does what does leadership in the bedroom for women? What does it provide them with? And mm -hmm. um, how can any kind of man, whatever you know whatever their blueprint is, I, I, I really work and I'm talking about a different blueprint. I'm talking about the erotic blueprints, yeah, yeah. which is something that I yep. love, you know, whether they're sensual, sexual, energetic shape shifter, whether they, you know, whatever, wherever their nervous system is wired around, whatever their erotic thing is that turns them on, how can they, you know, maybe, and again, they don't have to lead all the time, but how can they lead some of the time in the bedroom? What does that look like? Yeah, so um, I go into this in depth in the book in mm -hmm. chapter 13, I believe. So there's sort of the, uh, the, what I call conditions that a man should set up to lead his woman into a, into a, into a space where her sexuality kind of opens like a flower blossoming. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to look down because I'm actually reading from the book right now. But what I talk about is timing. So as a man... You have to handle the timing aspects of your sexuality. So if that, you know, if, if, if sexuality is spontaneous, you're like, hey, baby, you know, and you're going to maybe do a quote unquote quickie before, you know, work, your ability to say, all right, baby, we've got 20 minutes. I just set a timer. 
she's going to relax because she's going, I mean, barring other factors, but it's going to help her relax because she knows that it's not going to be timeless or open-ended such that she misses her meetings or, you know, doesn't meet the train that she wants. So for you just to say, all right, I set the timer for 20 minutes, you know, immediately she can relax. Uh, Yeah. It's like, right. The man has held the container. He's created the container. He's the time container. Sure. Number two on the blue, um, on your blueprints. Yeah. And then the there, and then this inside the woman, she just feels like, ah, I can relax. I don't have to hold that piece. It's already figured out. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's condition. Number one is timing. And you know, you're not going to find that in a sex book. Like, what are we talking about? I thought we were talking about sexual leadership here. Well, that's actually part of it. Totally. Because you're setting up these these conditions that create a container in which she can open up sexually. And so, you know, the other ones are environment, which I talk about lighting, you know, men set the lighting up, right? Make sure the temperature is right. You know, make sure that, uh, you know, the, the bed is just right. Like all these environmental things, oh. like set them up at the beginning, because if you go in and the room's cold and the light's harsh, like she doesn't want to get naked with you and she doesn't want to, you know, throw her legs up in the air because it'll knock the blanket off because it's cold. In the right. Room. So, and yeah. then I, you know, I go through heart connection, presence, praise, you know, edginess and some other things. So these are all these, these, these conditions that a man can set up. This is part of sexual leadership. Yeah. Absolutely part. Yeah. And then, you know, from that, mm-hmm. I, I go into a, a number of other things, you know, it, mm-hmm. that are more explicitly sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, guys, it's a lot about knowing what you like, mm. knowing what she likes, mm. and then really having the, the courage to melt, like, weave the two and do it, you know, mm-hmm. and just yeah. make it happen. And so... You know, that might look like, you know, you're standing there normally like you guys either undress each other or you just undress yourselves and kind of jump into bed. You'd be like, no, 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 honey, just stand there. I want to undress you really slowly and I want to do it in front of the mirror and watch you. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you are so beautiful. And, and then you're holding her and you might even, you know, you know, grab her wrist and kind of put it behind her back and hold it there while you, you know, slowly undress her. And, and it's just these little things where she feels a little bit contained, a little bit controlled, but you're, it's nothing crazy, but it's an energy. And then, you know, you run your hair, fingers in her hair slowly, and then you kind of grab a piece and just kind of pull on a technique I, I show you in the book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's going to feel like, uh, she's going to feel like you're in control at that point. So it's, it's little things like that, that, um, where you just, you know what you want, you know where her boundaries are, and then you, then you proceed. And the number one thing that, that I could say that overlays all that is sense and adjust. Mm. Every moment you have to sense and adjust, sense and adjust. So Mm. if she's not liking something, it is up to you to notice that is part of your sexual leadership in the bedroom. Mm. If you're not noticing, that means you're not attuned to her and she's not going to open. So sense, does she like this? And if she doesn't, and if she doesn't, you know, don't get wrapped up in it. Just stop and do something else. Yeah. <laughs> Give her a little kiss where you hurt her. Say, sorry, love. And then keep going. Mm-hmm. So th- those are just. Or check, or check in if there's something like yeah. you need to attend to, but yeah. Exactly. And it's okay to say once in a while, how does that feel? Check in. Cause maybe she's not quite as expressive. You know, yeah. she's still developing her expressiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not every time. Don't ask how does that feel for every single thing you do. Right. Yeah. It'll just look like you're asking for permission. Won't feel she won't feel led. Yeah, that'll be yeah, a lot of talking. Agreed. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I, I love I, all mm-hmm. go ahead. I was gonna say I sort of talked for a while, so I was gonna I was gonna hear the the feminine perspective. Yeah, no, I think that's really huge, which is um, you know, just Again, so many women right now are working all day, calling the shots, holding space, you know, and yeah, maybe girl bosses, et cetera. And so it's like in the bedroom, if a man can really take the lead, and again, it doesn't have to be the whole time, but at least part of the time or half the time, then um, I think... a again, it allows the woman to surrender on a deep, deep level 
which she doesn't get to do normally unless she sets up her own, you know, self-pleasure cultivation exercises, which are super important. I 100% have my clients doing that. But um, but to be able to experience, but there is something just like when a practitioner gives a session, it's like you can't, you can do self-healing work on yourself, but there's something that happens when the practitioner's holding that container of safety that your whole subconscious mind just relaxes and surrenders and it allows the healing to go deeper. And so just like in the bedroom, when, if the man can lead, you know, some of the time, then it allows the woman to, I think, have a deeper experience, which allows her to surrender deeper, which allows her to go to places that she can't go on her own. And so that's what women want to experience. We want to experience going somewhere with you, the man that we can't go on our own, that we would never be able to get to on our own. And that's, you know, and I'm curious, like men, do you also feel that way? I'm curious, like, do you feel like, do you, do you feel that way that a woman provides when she's, you know, really surrendered or when she's really in her body or when she's really like expressive or like, what are the, uh, you know, what allows you to have that, is that a desire of yours to go somewhere that you can't normally go on your own? Yeah, I would use different words than go somewhere because I think yeah. it's, it's a little bit different, but <clears throat> it's the energy you infuse us with. It is like a drug. Right. Like that wild feminine sexual energy, I, I could speak for myself, is, it is like a drug to me. And a woman that is, is in her body so much and has, has, developed her sexual expressiveness to a point like that's just uh it's it's an amazing experience a transcendent experience I yeah <clears throat> that makes sense it's like a flower when you smell a flower you're just like oh my god that's intoxicating right mm-hmm. so the energy yeah that's yep. really cool awesome so yeah that's it's just so fun to um yeah talk about this stuff because again you know a it's you know, taboo right now to even use these words because there's, you know, there's so much in our culture right now around, you know, political correctness. And I totally Mm -hmm. honor all, all of that. And at the same time, I think that because, you know, that there was something in the fifties that, you know, because of feminism is no longer around. And at the same time, it can really have an impact in the bedroom. And so to me, um, when we, when we continue to cultivate our, you know, when women continue, when women cultivate their feminine energy and when men cultivate their masculine energy, it just creates a lot of attraction and turn on, right. And polarity. And so, in this society where women are now earning more or as much, you know, as men, it's fantastic. And I'm so happy that that has happened. And at the same time, we want to keep the relating between men and women are, you know, vulva bodied and cock bodied humans, like still really hot and turned on. And I think that this is just such a strong piece and part of it. And so it's like being able to hold that we are equal, but we are different. And what are the differences that, you know, create these energies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the operative word here is obviously it's consent mm-hmm. uh, or, or more accurately op- opt in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm everything I talk about is only for people that opt into that way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, that's cool. Right. There's nothing. So any, so I agree. It's very risky. And I, I knew that writing this book and at the same time, the people that would criticize what you and I are talking about, mm-hmm. I say, Hey, you know, this is only for people that are opting in and that it's not for anybody to criticize that. Yeah. Um, now, obviously it's the ways that it gets perverted and the ways that it used to be through compulsion rather than consent. See, that's the difference. It was compulsion before. Now it's based on consent. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the mainstream can start to uh, adopt that, uh, that mindset as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, 
And I love, again, I love that you put like the devotion of a strong woman because I think for so long that to me, that is a feminist perspective because for so long, you know, women were afraid to be strong, afraid to be powerful, afraid to be smart. Like I still have clients that say, you know, like if I'm, if I'm, you know, really show off, if I really am smart, then maybe a guy won't like me because of that. Right. And so there's still these fears around like it's not okay to be these things and or if I am you know this powerful strong you know boss in the world then I won't be attractive to men and so I love that this book is about being able to be the masculine in the man in the relationship and be in your powerful masculine with this woman who is doing all these amazing Mm -hmm. things in the world because then it allows these powerful, amazing women to really be, you know, this is a huge part. I think why, you know, I was so excited about this book is that's one of my biggest missions in the world is helping those women you know, strong, powerful, successful, smart, badass women get into relationships with healthy, loving, wonderful men. Well, if I could comment on that and, you know, gosh, if any woman read that, read this, reads this book, I think what I would love for them to walk away with is like, oh, there is a way that a man can be that softens me even while I live my life as a strong woman. Like I I actually can soften, but I need somebody that has this level of development. Yes. And that maybe they'll feel less, less, um, yeah, a little less crazy in the world. Not as in you're being crazy, but just like, am I crazy to think that I can't Or less intimidating. Yeah. 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 Because, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because they know that there, there are men out there that can handle the strong women and can open them. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Cause yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things is a lot of times women who are very sophisticated, smart, successful, strong, have these amazing lives. They can feel like they're actually intimidating to men. And, and I'm always, yeah. And I actually, I definitely disagree with that, but, or I always say, yeah, you're intimidating to the wrong guys. So yeah. yeah, the right guy will be like, wow, that's amazing. I'm totally turned on by that. And right. exactly the right guy will be, you know, reading this book do, or yeah, doing the work necessary to be able to, yeah, hold and open this amazing woman. Yeah, it's true. And, and <laughs> on the flip side, I wrote this book for the men to develop into that man who can do that. And, you know, look, I, I, when I started doing this men's work, I, I, I'll just say it, like the quality of women that I was attracting went up immensely. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't get taller and better looking and richer. Right. Totally. Um, I just was kind of the same guy, but yeah. my way of being started to change and yeah. it really had impact. Yeah. Beautiful. And that's, that's actually one of the lessons I say that like five times in the book, like, man, you don't, you don't have to be taller or better looking or, or you know, smarter you just had to know how to settle your nervous system, create structure, or, I mean, provide structure and then create safety for the woman you're with. And you'll find that the world and the women in that world respond to you very differently. Yeah. Let's, before we end, I would love to go into that third element a little bit more. So what is, can you say more about what it looks like to create safety for your woman? Yeah, well, we're talking about physical, financial, and emotional safety. Mm-hmm. And I don't go into physical and financial in this book. I will will probably defer that to the sequel. Um, but let, let's just talk about it for a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Go into it a little bit, though. Yeah, so physical safety. There's obviously, you know, you can protect her from a mugger that jumps out in the street. I think that one's pretty cliche, so I don't know that I need to go into that. But, you know, what about more mundane things? Um, what about if you, you know, like having putting fire extinguishers in the house? Or if you don't live together, buying her a fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting an air horn in her car in case there's any kind of danger. Yeah. Yeah. What about when she drives home late one night after you guys have been out, but, you know, you're not going to stay together, so she's going home. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you say, baby, I want you to text me the minute you get home. I want to make sure you got home safely. Mm-hmm. 
It's like closing the loop. Those are things that are making her feel cared for, making her feel physically safer. And these are things that you can do. And you just have to be tuned in. That's really what it comes down to, men. You just have to be tuned in to ways in her life that, that there could be some physical uh, unsafety and, um, and, and create remedies for those. She's going to feel taken care of by you. It's going to pay dividends big time in terms of trust. Yeah. So that's physical safety. Um, financial safety is mostly about being in a provider role. And uh, these days, both partners are often providers, you know, making the same amount of money in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. um, but that does not obligate, I mean, that does not absolve you from needing to create, you know, some financial security. You can't be just a dreamer who goes from project to project. I know, actually, you know, several strong women who are with these dreamer guys and, you know, they're chasing being a coach or being an actor, or, you know, whatever they're doing. And it hurts the relationship as much as she loves him. She's just like, ah, you know, I don't know, man. You know, you're not, you're not exactly providing. So it's subtle things. And sometimes it doesn't always fit our modern world, but that's the expectation for men that they're earning and providing. And then the, the biggest one that I, that I talk about is emotional safety, but I think we covered that a lot. You know, we talked about defensiveness and making space and um, feelings first, facts later. Like these yeah. are all things that, that, that make, I mean, you know this, um, but these are all things that make the feminine feel safer. And, you mm. know, things that make her feel unsafe are, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not validating her feelings, you don't have to validate her facts, but, you know, if you're not validating her feelings, it doesn't make her feel emotionally safe. If you are withdrawing, you know, when it gets too much, you're like, I just can't deal with this. You know, come talk to me when you're calmed down. She's going to feel very unsafe, you know, because these are all things that sever the connection. So um, it just, I go into that in depth in chapter 14 and 15 in the book. So that's the whole arc of uh, safety as I see it. Beautiful. I love that. That's such a huge piece is for women is feeling safe emotionally and physically. And um, yeah, I think it's just, it's so such some, it's something that, you know, um, the man really provides and, or the, the man has such an opportunity to provide. And I think it can, when, when it's provided again, it just creates that level of relaxation and surrender even more for a woman, which is what she wants to feel is, oh, this person really has my back. And yeah, they're thinking of these things that maybe they're, they know more about, or maybe they're, you know, yeah, better at creating, or maybe they just, you know, have this idea exactly of like, yeah, buying this certain, you know, security system or whatever, and they're going to go with it. And then as a result, the woman gets to feel a little more safe in the world. And again, not that we can't do all these things ourselves. We, we, of course we can. That's the, that's the thing. Of course we can. And at the same time, we really do appreciate that thoughtfulness, that care, that sensitivity, the protection that that kind of thoughtfulness provides is so, so appreciated. And that's, we want that because we, we'd much rather have that be taken care of by the man in our life. And because again, it provides us that feeling of relaxation and surrender and safety. Yeah. And, and just repeating what we said before, you know, for you guys out there, if it looks crazy, it probably means she doesn't feel safe. Yeah. So figure out, figure out how to create safety. Don't try to solve all the 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 wildness that's happening yeah. go figure out where she doesn't feel unsafe and that's that's where i help a lot with my clients i know you do you know because you're deep into the attachment work mm -hmm. um but it's it's about creating safety and so it, for me it's just helping the men reframe in their head what they're seeing they, they think they're seeing this but it's like no no no. Wait, let me give you a reframe here about what she's feeling probably yeah yeah and they're like oh really okay i, I didn't get that yeah yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been so, so wonderful to chat with you today. And um, I'm so excited by this conversation. I think this is such an important message that you're sharing for men. And I just recommend that everyone who's listening buy this book, whether you're a man or a woman, I think it's, it's great for both sexes, but especially if you're a man. 
and um, how um, how if anyone wants to learn more about you, what's the best way to um, find out and contact you? Well, obviously, you go to the website gsyoungblood.com, and you can find everything you need to know. Reach out with questions. I love getting questions. Happy to answer them. Awesome. And uh, you can see the book. I've got some extra content on there about different topics. And then, of course, the book is on Amazon. And if you like it, please leave a review and please mm -hmm. post it on, your, on, on social media. And I shamelessly ask for that because I want to help more men. And yeah. that's the way to do it. And we don't make a lot of money off the book, so it's not about that. It's about really getting the word out there and then working with more men. And that's the goal. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. I'm so, so happy that we did this. Me too, Maya. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond to receive your two free gifts to help you on your journey to lasting love and to start rewiring your attachment style today. Go to empowerlove.us forward slash love.